Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Lan. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Lan, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Lan on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. The title of my message today is Let Us Pray. Very simple title, very self-explanatory. So you know what I'm about to talk about right from the very beginning. Let us pray. Prayer is the most powerful privilege and tool that God has given us to fulfill his will on the earth. Prayer is how we unleash the influence of God upon our physical circumstances, upon our world. Prayer is how we go into the unseen world and we bring unseen realities into physical manifestation. As you all will know, the world that we, that we see, the physical world that we see, is not the parent world. It's not the controlling world. It's actually the responding, the reacting, the controlled world. The control of this world is in another realm, is in another, another dimension, which we call the spiritual realm. And it is prayer that controls that realm. Prayer is how we transfer things from that realm into this physical realm. Prayer is how we influence this physical realm to conform to what is established in the spiritual realm. Prayer is an activity that unleashes upon the world, upon our world, supernatural, transcending realities. And that is why we must pray. Prayer from the beginning of time is something that has been practiced by many people. It transcends religion. It transcends geography. It transcends time. People pray. People have this understanding that there's something or someone bigger than themselves that can influence this physical world. And people have this innate understanding that there is a world that's superior to this world that this world is a puppet of. It is where the strings of this world are being pulled. So that's why you will see that prayer is a universal thing. Everybody prays. When, when there is trouble, when, let's say, um, you know, there is a, there's a particular situation that, you know, that gets people into a point of uh, danger, maybe like a plane about to crash or, you know, ship, you know, about to collapse or whatever it is, people start to pray unconsciously. Even those who call themselves atheists, agnostics, people will say, oh, yeah, you know, I don't need God and all that. You will see that the natural reaction is to pray. Yeah, because prayer is a part of our very being. We have been wired to reach out to 
someone greater than ourselves to intervene in our situations. And that goes beyond any kind of uh, religion or place. You notice that one of the common things about every religion is that they pray. They pray. Even those who practice satanic religion, they have their own form of prayer. Because there is this truth which we know innately that the, the world that we see and the things that take place in our world right now in the physical is just uh, a, an expression or a manifestation of another world, mm-hmm. of something that takes place in another world. Mm-hmm. Basically, this is not just, even though this is a, it's a material world, but this material world is influenced by another world, mm-hmm. which we have different names for it. Mm-hmm. We call it the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into any religion, they'll talk about the spiritual world. Even New Age people, they have, you know, what they call it. But there's this general, there's this knowledge, we all know that. Things that happen in the world, in our world right now, is influenced by another world mm-hmm. that is unseen. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's something that we know. It's, it's, there's an unseen world that this seen world is a puppet of. The, the strings of this seen world is being pulled from another dimension, another world. Prayer is how we influence that unseen world and cause it to influence this sin world. You cannot go through the Bible and not see the power of prayer and the influence of prayer all through history, starting from the very beginning. Prayer, God put it there all through the word, all through his word to show us that this is how, this is this is the way I have ordained it, that the material world, the the events of this world be influenced. It's through this thing called prayer. Prayer is petitioning God to influence this physical world. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in this physical world that cannot be influenced by prayer. There's nothing that cannot be influenced by prayer. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, what I want us to talk about during this time of prayer fasting. Just take some time, just take a, you know, a dive into the subject of prayer and of course fasting is an assistance to prayer mm-hmm. fasting helps prayer yeah. to be more powerful so let's look at a few things today and we're going to continue next week my title is let us pray let us pray james chapter 5 from verse 13 uh, we're going to start looking into the word of god from james 5 from verse 13 um, Josh, you become or Jesse, or you know, projected for James chapter 5 from verse 13. Because of time, I will start reading and then they'll project it. He said, Is anyone among you suffering? Is anyone among you suffering? Everybody say suffering. 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 Now, I mean, you can you can think of suffering from different dimensions. It could be, you know, suffering spiritually, suffering mentally, suffering physically, suffering financially, uh, suffering relationally. You know, suffering is in just every dimension of, of life. 
God tells us here, what's going on with that? God tells us here, maybe you need to restart something. God tells us here, He says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Let him pray. Meaning that the, the answer of God to suffering is prayer. The antidote to suffering is what? Is prayer. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Let him pray. Amen. So, listen. As we're starting this time of prayer and fasting, you know, very likely there's an aspect of your life or there's something that is ongoing, either as as individual, as your family, or quickly that you can categorize as a kind of suffering. Do you get what I'm saying? Or it's mm-hmm. a kind of affliction. Mm-hmm. Something that you just know that this is not this is not really the way it's supposed to be. And it's causing pain. Yeah. It's causing pain. God Himself tells us in the book of James that let them pray. This one used are in trouble. Translation I'm reading it says suffering. Another one used afflicted. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. So prayer is the answer to trouble. Mm. Whenever we get into trouble or we, we get into suffering, first thing we need to do is let me communicate with my father and find out what he has to say about this and what he can do about it. So he continues. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Mm. So he's going into physical a physical affliction right now, sickness in the body mm-hmm. or sickness in the mind. He said, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to what? Pray. What is the answer to sickness to? Prayer. 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 Let him call on the elders of the church and let them pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer that is Pray. offered in faith will make the sick person well. So prayer has the ability to make sick people well. Amen. Prayer has the ability to make sick people well. Now, listen, get this revelation because every time anytime you feel sick in your body, that is this is a revelation that is dark, that is deep in my feet. Anytime I feel any kind of symptom of sickness in my body, I know that there is one thing that can never fail in getting me well. And that's prayer. Prayer. Prayer has the ability to make sick people well. It does. Pray. You know, there was a, during over the weekend, there was a, one of our partners in um, Liberia, our national leader in Liberia, and um, he, he sent an SOS. You know, his wife had been sick for a while. Yes, I And he said she had not, she had not um, gone to the bathroom for one week, and she had not... Um, there was something that she had not done for one week again, I've forgotten. Yes. She had not slept for one week. And he said, This is that, this is SOF. I know that Pastor Lam, can you raise up a prayer? So so I put it out to the um, the prayer group of City Light. Um, I put it out to um, the national all the national leaders of the leading light from different nations. And then my wife and I were all started to pray. I started praying in the spirit for her for about um, I mean, for hours, just praying, you know, and all that. So, as we're praying, God was giving directions, you know. Okay, this is what you should do. So, I told, I sent some scriptures to him and said, just 
take this scripture and just be reading it over and be saying it over and over. Have mercy on us, you know, mm-hmm. son of David. And then, you know, um, one of the member, one of the people here who is in the prayer team, um, sends a message and says, Abba, you should take the communion. I mean, long story short, you know, this woman that had not gone to the bathroom and all that, you know, by the next day, you know, had started to amend. Wow. You understand? So she's, you know, stood up. She's not that you know, stood up and all that. We're still in the process, you understand? But, you know, the restoration is taking place. They are going, which I've been going to just put for a long time. But what I'm saying is that prayer, and there are many, many, many um, instances there. Um, I had an experience um, during the uh, I mean, during December where I started feeling the symptom of COVID. You know, so I, you know, I started I started feeling the sore throat. I started feeling the uh, what do you call it? Um, chills. Uh, what was the other one that I was feeling? All these symptoms were. So I asked, like, this thing looks like COVID. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So this thing looks like COVID. So of course the next thing that came to me was okay, all right. So it's COVID, and then um, uh, so anyway, all the things I've been reading, you get what I'm saying. But in the night, so it was it started during the night and all that, and it was you know like huh, shivering, sore throat, and everything. I'm like man, this is COVID. So what did they say? Okay, you do this, you do that. So I was thinking of all the medicals that I've been hearing the news and everything. But when it was two, so just in the night, I started listening. I just started, okay, you know what? This is, if, even if it is COVID, this is a sickness, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whether it is COVID or uh, cold Ooh, yeah. or whatever, it's, it's all what? Sickness. <laughs> it's sickness. It's the same one. The prayer of it, I do what? To heal the sick. I make the person well. So I, I, I just, I don't know, I didn't know what it was, right? But I, I this, even if it is, it is just sickness, right? What, so the spirit said, what do you do whenever you feel symptoms in your body? So you listen to the word of God and you pray. That's what you do, right? If I need to do, you know, do other stuff, I'll do it, take whatever. I, I, I don't take medicine, but if I need to take, I would do. You get what I'm saying? So I started listening to, I got on YouTube, I began to listen to um, healing, healing, messages from Kenneth Hagin, all this, like all those old, I was listening to it. So I fell asleep while listening. I fell asleep while listening. Mm. So at exactly 2 a.m. that day, Kenneth Hagin was speaking. He was teaching about healing. And I just woke up. And while I woke up, you know what he said? He said, stand up. If you are feeling symptoms, maybe you've been you know, you've been talking about value, you know what, you've been attacked by something, you know, and you're you feeling, it says, stand up on your feet right now, repeat after me, after 2 a.m. I just stood up by the side of the bed, you know, like, still grudging with sleep or whatever, and I started repeating after him. Mm-hmm. And while he was speaking, he said, you know, command it. Do you know what? I commanded that thing to leave, and I felt, I was sharing with my wife, and I was sharing with other people, I felt like a physical like a physical thing, leave me. Oh. Yes, it is. And instantly, the cough stopped, the sore throat stopped, all the symptoms that I've been feeling stopped. My, my wife is my witness. Mm-hmm. So, and then from that time onward till afterward, everything stopped. Mm-hmm. Why? The answer to it is prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer is the answer to anything. Prayer is the answer to anything. That's what James is trying to tell us. Let's go on. He says, 
The prayer of faith will heal the person, will make the person who was sick well, and the Lord will raise him up. And even if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. It's not showing, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. You see, he's saying that he's encouraging us to pray for one another, right? That you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again. And then the heaven gave rain. And the earth bore its fruit. James is encouraging us here. The Holy Spirit through James is encouraging all of us here that we should confront the issues of our lives with prayer. Any area of suffering, any area of need, confront it with prayer. There's power in prayer. Prayer has provided for us direction when we do not have direction. Prayer has provided money. Prayer has provided buildings and properties. Prayer has provided open doors when everything is closed. Prayer has moved people, has arranged relationships. There is nothing that prayer cannot accomplish. Everybody say after they say there is nothing that prayer cannot accomplish. There's nothing that prayer cannot accomplish. The only problem is that the people who have been given this privilege, right, of petitioning God to influence this physical world, either we don't know it, right, or we don't know it enough to actually use it. Mm. Many Christians don't pray. Or let me say it this way. Many Christians don't pray enough until they begin to see the power of prayer at work. Prayer is very powerful. Prayer is very powerful. My wife and I were sharing something recently. I think it, it was interesting. So there was something. There was a project we wanted to do um, around October or so that was that was big, right? That we didn't have the the capacity to do it, right? Like we didn't have the the capacity or financial and all that to do it. So we started to pray and praise. Then it got to a point after praying and praising for some time, like I'm talking about praying. We got to a point where, what was it? We just felt, there was a, we just felt that it was done. We did not have the physical, we still don't, did not have the everything come together, the cash, the whatever, whatever was going to be needed. But we just felt in our spirit that it was done. And we just started laughing. And we stopped praying about it. And we just started praising. Like there's that feeling. There's that thing that you just said, I have prayed through. And then God got, went into work and did it very fast, like very, very fast. <laughs> and it all worked, and it was a miracle. So, recently, there are two other projects that we're working on, right? That we started praying. So, this week, we started praying in tongues extensively, like spending almost the whole day praying in the spirit. So, you see, also in the bedroom, you know, she's walking around, praying, praying in the spirit. I'm walking, we're just praying in the spirit. I'm praying, I'm praying, 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 praying. praying. Then yesterday, <laughs> I just turned to her. She didn't even know what I was about to say. I talked to her on the bed and I said, 
Do you know the way? I feel the same way. She just, she just stopped me in the middle. You feel the same way about the way we felt about the other project about this. You know, like she knew what I was about to talk. Mm-hmm. Like that would just, I just feel that it was done. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel right now. Mm-hmm. These are huge stuff that it is done. We pray through. <laughs> Amen. So what what it means is that you just start seeing things happening physically, or God will just begin to give you direction. Do this and do this and this that until it manifests. I'm trying to tell you there's power in prayer. Those who fail to pray, they plan to. I mean, I just say so. You know, they said there's no failure except a prayer failure in life. That all failures are traceable to a prayer failure. One of the reasons why I believe that God is going to do mighty things in our lives and through this church is because I believe in the power of prayer. Amen. Amen. Yes. Because I know the promises of God and I know that we are praying those promises. And we're even going to pray for more. So there's, no, there's no, nothing. There's, there will be buildings and properties that will be handed over to us. Amen. There will be people that will come yeah. unexpectedly from various places. I know because of the power of prayer. Yeah. It's nothing impossible. So let me, let, me, let, me, let me give you just some quick stuff and you know, end with that. Why should we pray? Let's, let's look at a few points. Why pray? Number one, prayer is how we communicate with God. I'll be going fast. Prayer is how we communicate with God. It's how we call on God and we hear from God. Prayer is our dialing of 911 in the spirit. Prayer is how we talk with him. Prayer is like your cell phone to heaven. It's your direct line to the end that moves the universe. Everybody pick up your cell phone because I know everybody has a cell phone. Pick it up. Pick it up right now and put it. Put it. I know a lot of people don't put it on their hair anymore. Just do it now. Yeah, that's what prayer is. Everybody say, Hi, God. Hi, How are you doing this morning? How are you doing this afternoon? Okay, I want to thank you for yesterday. Thank you for yesterday. And uh, I have some things to ask you about. Uh, there were some things you promised in the word. Things you promised in the word. That I'm looking at right now. That I'm looking at right now. Uh, I don't see those things in my life. I don't see those things in my life. Yet. 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 But I need them. But I need them. So I'm just asking you. So I'm just asking you. Just remind you. Remind you. You made some promises. Yes, you made and some promises. And I'm calling on those promises now. I'm calling on those promises. So I'm asking you today. So I'm asking you today to fulfill those promises. To fulfill those promises. There is promise number one. Promise number one. There is promise number two. Yes, promise number and Lord, I want to thank you <laughs> because you are faithful. You are faithful to your promises. To your promises. Then you pause. And then you hear, yes, 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 yes. I heard you. You know, I, you know, yes, I'm faithful to my promises. Okay, now, this is what I want you to do with that promise. So, do this and do that and all that. And everything will do it. But just to make sure you stay in faith. Make sure you keep thanking me. The work I've already started. I've already heard your request. And then I will, we're both going to celebrate when you see it manifested in your work. That prayer. That is prayer.
So tell your neighbor, pick up your cell phone. Pick, pick up, up your cell phone. phone. Instead of you going to complain to people, pick up your cell phone. Instead of you getting angry, pick up your cell phone. Instead of you getting fearful, pick up your cell phone. You have direct access in the name of Jesus Christ to the ears of God. Mm. Friends, I will communicate. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. There's a promise there. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3. It says, Call to me. No, no, pick up your cell phone and call to me. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know about. Uh, you know, this one says, ask me and I will tell you the markables you do not know about. Will you go to ESV for me? ESV. Let's stay in ESV uh, for this. He said, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. How many of you would like to see some great and hidden things that you have not known this year? Come on, let me, let me, let me hear you. I'm going to be like, yes. yes. It tells us the simple thing. It was called to me. Call. Call. Call to me. And I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. You just need to call. You just need to call. Call. Pick up your phone and call. Pick up your phone and call. Pick up your phone. When nobody is there, amen, or when nobody has the answer, he has the answer. When people tell you it is impossible, he has the answer. He will provide anything for you that is in his will, in his word, no matter how big it is, or how, how complicated people say it is, or how impossible people say it is, because there's no impossibility with him. He will do it. He will. Just call. Call on him. Pray about your children. Pray about your burdens. Pray about every situation. Yes. He will answer. And he will show you great and mighty things that you did not know. Number two. Prayer is how we change things. Listen. Everyone, part of our walk of faith, how we part of our development in a sense, as a believer, as a child of God, or as a kingdom citizen in this life, are the challenges that we face and how we confront those challenges. In other words, at every point in time in your life, there will be something that presents itself to you in your work with God that requires you to change it. Yeah, change. Don't just accept things that happen as final. Mm-hmm. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, yes. That's what is called fatalism. It's called fatalism. It sounds very, very, uh, sometimes it sounds very, um, very religious. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds very good. Now, you know what? Everything that you know is the will of God. I'm dedicated to the will of God. So mm-hmm. whatever happens to me is the will of God. Mm-hmm. That's not scriptural. Mm-hmm. 
It's, an, it's, an, it's a misappropriation. It's a, it's a misunderstanding of God's sovereignty. Do you get what I'm saying? There are things that will happen to you. And the reason why they are there is because God wants you to change them. Let's look at a, a quick example. In 2 Kings chapter 20, 2 Kings chapter 20, this king called Ezekiah had been, he's one of those um, you know, righteous kings. You know, you read his story, you know, I mean, he had served God, lived with God. 2 Kings chapter 20 uh, is, you know, and then look at what happened. 2 Kings 20, please. Um, Look at what happened. He's, he got a message from Isaiah the prophet. Look at it. In those days, Ezekiah became sick. I was say he became sick. Yes. So there was a there was a physical reality that came upon this righteous person, right? Mm-hmm. And was at the point of death. Was at the point of death. He became sick. I was at the point of death. You know that's a dire situation, right? Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said, Don't seize the Lord. Set your heart in order for you shall die and you will not recover. If it was any one of us, <laughs> there was something that is happening. And then you are now here a prophet come to say, It is the will of God that you die mm-hmm. and you will not recover. What will you do? Mm-hmm. Just say, Well, I will accept the will of God. Not only, you know, there are some people that just ask anything that happens to them, they say it's the will of God. You know, that's one. But this one is even more than that. A prophet came and confirmed it and this is the will of God. Or this is what, or whatever, this is what God is saying. But look at what this man says. Then Ezekiah turned his face to the wall. If you turn your face to the wall, means, you know, it's symbolic of you turned yourself away from the prophet, mm-hmm. you turn yourself away from the symptoms, the circumstances, you turn yourself away from everything. Because the world, when you are looking at the world, you are not looking at anybody else. Mm-hmm. You are saying that my only help and my only focus at this time is God. And look at what he said. He said, now, oh, and then he prayed to the Lord, saying, now, Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart. And I've done what is good in your sight. Go on. And Ezekiah wept bitterly. And bef- uh, Jesse, follow me. And um, before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Turn back and say to Ezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will have 15 years to your life. Amen. And I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Amen. Amen. See how it turned around. And added 15 years. There is no situation. Listen to me. There is no situation. You understand? That comes. And you know that this situation is 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 against the purpose of God. It is not in the will of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. There's no situation that you cannot turn around. Yes, mm. God. yes, yes, yes. And the way we turn it around is through prayer. 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 prayer is how we change things. You've got to change things. Listen, you will have to change certain things yes, you do. regarding your own life and the trends going on in your life. 
You have to change certain things in your emotion. You have to change things in your family. In your family. You will have to change things in your family. Otherwise, the order will continue. Yes. We will have to change things in our cities, in our neighborhoods. Or, the, or things are just going to continue the way they are. And the way we are going to be able to change these things is when we learn to, to pray. pray. It is not a cliche when we say prayer changes things. That is the truth. The reason why we are here today is because of prayer. And the reason why we are going to get to where we are going is because of prayer. Mm. A lot of things have to be changed along the way. A lot of things have to be altered. A lot of things that are presented itself have to be altered. No, you can't be like that. No, you have to change. You have to turn around. And in fervent prayer, they have no choice but to turn around. Because the one who created them is the one we are petitioning. Maybe you are facing something in your life right now that you know ought not to be. Don't give up. Don't accept it as the will of God. Don't let the devil defeat deceive you and say this is the will of God, so I'm just going to take it. No, find out what the will of God is from the Bible. And tell God with your phone call, God, this is what I see physically. This is what I see in your world, in your word. There is a disconnect. There is a disconnect. And I know that the one that I see physically is not the one that, so your word is not going to change. Because the Bible says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So the world is not going to change. It is this one that has to change. I may not understand how it's going to change. You know, people might be telling me that that's, you know, just accept it. But Lord, I refuse to accept that. I am going to change this thing. So Lord, I'm asking you, change it and prove your word to me. That is what prayer is. That's what prayer is. Let me give you just a couple. Prayer is how we fight our battles. Number three. Prayer is what? How we fight our battles. How we fight our battles. Prayer is how we fight our battles. <laughs> Everybody say battles. Battle. Listen to me. Listen to me. You are involved in the battle. Yes, yeah. Ephesians 6 tells us that we do not wrestle from the strength. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers. Against the rulers of darkness. Against what? Spiritual wickedness. No. Say, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. He said, Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his mind. He says, What? Therefore, take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. In other words, you are in a battle, and if you are going to be able to stand this battle, you are going to have to use certain weapons. Yes. You are going to have to put on certain weapons. But the question is, how do you deploy these weapons? Read on. Take the whole armor of God that you are able to withstand in the evil day. And have you done all to stand? Stand firm. Stand there for having fasting on the belt of truth, the word. Put on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing who you are in Christ. And, your sh- and shoes for your feet. And have put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Now, after you have put all that, which is the word of God, after you put on all this, how do you deploy them? Everybody read your sitting with me. Praying at all times in the spirit 
with all prayer and supplication. To that end, let's repeat what we did. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words will be given me in opening my mouth boldly and proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chain, that I may declare boldly as I have cause to speak. Paul was not a fatalistic person saying to happen, whether it's you know, you know, cruise around like to happen. And, you know, I will put, uh, no, he's saying that you, there's a battle. There's a battle. Listen, if you do not know how to pray or you do not pray, you will be a victim of the battle. Mm. Be a victim of the battle. I know the, you know the biggest battle, people think that the biggest battle is that the devil kills you. You know, like you just die. Sometimes the devil does not want to kill you physically, but he wants to keep you dead while you are alive. Mm. Dead to spiritual stuff. Dead to your purpose. Because if you are alive, and you are dead to your purpose, and dead to Christ, he can actually use you mm. to continue his plans. So he can use you as an instrument in his own plans. So he will keep you in a state, in a sense, a state of being dead, in a sense, no revelation in the world. No experience with the Holy Spirit. No divine inspiration or purpose. You are just living normally. You are just just living just like any other person is living. Yeah. He uses deception that way. You will not be a victim of the battle. Amen. You are victorious. Someone say, I am victorious. I am victorious. It tells us that the way we are going to be victorious is we have to take on this armor and we have to get into prayer. Man, guys, 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 listen to me. The, the things that are ahead of you and of your family and in your calling, the things that are ahead of you, the things that God wants, wants to do through you, right, or that He wants to do in your life, they are too big for your level of prayer now. They're too big. Yeah. They're too big for those five minutes prayers. Oh my God! You know, you know. I, 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 there was something I, you know, there's something I used to say. So when my wife and I got into, when we got into a relationship in 1995, um, June 20, 1995. I remember. It was when she said she would marry me. You know. So, immediately after then, we were both in college. We saw that, we didn't know then, but when we looked back, God began to lead us to do something. You know, most people young, you know, I was in, I think I was going to 20, she was 18, right? 17, 18, and all that. Most people at, at, that, you know, at that age, you'll be partying and doing, or doing whatever. You know what God led us to do? God led us to be praying. So, you remember those days? We will, what we call tongue strokes, right? Tongue strokes. So that was, that was our date. We call it tongue strokes. So we'll meet in the morning, we're on campus, we'll meet in the morning on Saturday, right? And then we will walk to the staff quarters, which is about an hour walk or so, right? 
But all we're doing is we're praying in tongues. Then we walk back praying in tongues. So after we have walked for the two hours, then we'll get to a, to a place and sit down. Right? Then we'll start receiving prophecies. I remember there was a time there, there was a prophecy that came that you are you were that we were, so, were supposed to experience some hardship mm-hmm. when it came to our families, like our individual families being able to come together. But through our prayer, whatever we say, but through these prayers, I have removed that. Mm-hmm. I have changed that. Wow. We have seen that happen all through our 21, almost 21 yes. years of marriage now. Yes. Wow. Yes. And then, they, then it was during those prayer times, also, one of those times that the Holy Spirit said, it was an all-night prayer, the Holy Spirit said that he was calling me to America, and my wife was coming to America. We did not know when we started that we were going to spend three years apart. She was going to be in America, I was going to be in Nigeria. We didn't have any idea, we didn't know. But thank God we spent the first two years that we were together praying in prayer. What I'm telling you is that I have not seen, he has not heard, it has not entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for you. But it is through prayer that you Step into the future yeah. and you pray those things out. Yeah. Uh, those of you that just have kids, that just have kids, mm-hmm. do you know that you can pray? You can pray for him. You can pray the next twenty years of his life. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be doing now. The next twenty years of his life. So it will be. I was talking to one. You know, we had this um, church planting movement meeting yesterday. And um, so I talked about spiritual warfare. So one of the pastors called me and he said, Wow, you know, after we called me, he said, You know that? He said, My dad was a pastor, right? And he looks as if my dad did something <laughs> before I was born. He said, My dad told me I did something. He dedicated me to God, like he covenanted me with God. He said, I tried, he said, When I got to college, I tried to drink. He said, I tried to do everything. He said, <laughs> he said I just could not do it. <laughs> He said he was, you know, he, he just, he, said he just, he, he, said he tried so many things. He just could not do it. Why? Because something had gone ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will see some people they were running. Ken Copeland was sharing the story that he tried everything to go to hell, mm-hmm. but his mom did not allow him. You know what the mom did? He said the mom, from the time he was young, the mom got together with some, some women in the church. And they were praying for their children. Mm-hmm. So they would be praying, 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 praying. He said he tried everything. He rebelled, did everything. Did everything. But God caught him. And look at him. He did a blessing to multitudes. Thank God for his mom. Another preacher said it. He said he got saved in the club. Like he didn't plan it. He was in the club. That's when God met him in there because of prayer. I'm telling you all that through prayer, we can petition God. We can fight battles of the future now through prayer. We can fight battles of the future through prayer. Let me, last one. Prayer is how we touch our world with God's mercy. 
prayer is how we touch our world with God's mercy. You know, I've talked about the power of prayer um, for our individual or family life, our purpose and all that. But do you know that also there's another aspect of prayer which is called intercessory prayer? Mm-hmm. Intercessory prayer is when you stand in the gap for those who don't have access to God. And based on their lifestyle, based on the way they are living, they will be destroyed. Because they are breaking all the, all, the, all the laws of God. They are heading for destruction. But you now stand in front of them and say, no, you are not going to be destroyed. Mm. Just because of my prayers. Mm. Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Yes. Mm. Some people, you know, if you understand, you know, in Africa... Sometimes, you know, this image is something you have to understand. So we used to sift beans, you know, when we know beans. So you have, um, so when you have beans and the chaps, like you just got beans and they have chaps, right? Mm-hmm. So you do this. Yeah. Then what happens? When it's coming down, the ones that are heavy will stay on the tray. And the ones that are light, the wind will blow it away. Mm-hmm. That's what is called sifting. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then before you do it, the chaps is blown. So he's saying that Satan... I desire to sift you. So in other words, he's going to throw throw everyone. Uh-huh. And then the word that is light. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. So that was what was going to happen to Peter. Listen, if Jesus had not prayed for Peter, Peter would not be Paul the Apostle. Uh, so would not be Peter the Apostle. Mm. Would have been probably like Judas. Mm. Or somebody else. That just got lost in history like that. It would have been sifted away. Jesus didn't say, the will of God, whatever, God is sovereign, so whatever happens, is what is going to happen. So Peter, if you make it or you don't make it, no. Jesus intervened. Jesus intervened. He said, I have prayed for you. I have prayed, Satan has desired to seek you, please find Satan has desired to seek you as a wit, right? But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Yes. And afterwards, when you are strengthened, so afterwards, strengthen your brethren. Yes. You know, Peter denied Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. The sifting was taking place. Mm-hmm. But it was the intervention of Jesus' prayer. See, Simon, so Satan demanded to have you. If you claim D there, you know, say that he might sift you as wheat. But I have prayed... But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brother. In other words, you are going to fall. But through my prayer, you will turn back again. Then now, fulfill your ministry. For some people, listen, for some people, for some of our neighbors, for some people in our community, for some children in our community, the only way they will be saved from destruction is when we, who have access to God, pray for them. Some of these gang members, some of all these, the only way that they will be saved is if we pray for them. That is what is called intercessory prayer. People will not be saved. Listen to, listen to me. People will not be saved. Except believers pray for their salvation. 
way to intercede for people to be saved in our community, to come to the knowledge of Christ mm-hmm. in our city. Second, Corinthians 4, 4 says, the reason why they don't receive the gospel is because Satan, the God of this world, has blinded their minds. Mm-hmm. And if Satan has blinded the minds of people, verse 4 says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ in the image of God. If Satan has blinded their eyes, there has to be some people who will open their eyes. Yes, yes. You know, in, um, you know, the one God was calling Paul, he said, the calling of Paul is that, he said he was going to raise Paul up, Right? Mm-hmm. He said he was going to be able to, to turn people from the power, to open the eyes of people and turn them from the power of Satan to God. Yeah. People are under the power of Satan. That's why they are doing everything that they are doing. But prayer is what will turn them to God. So I hope, you know, with these few points, you know, I've been able to stay you up to pray. We're going into. 21 days, and we're extending, you know, 40 days because we're, we're going to be, you're going to, from tomorrow you're going to start receiving, I think from today, you're going to start receiving scriptures in the mail, 40 days of exponential mm-hmm. prayer points to pray. Mm-hmm. It will start coming to you. You know, you'll be getting it. We're dedicating the next 40 days to prayer. 21 out of it, we're dedicating it to fasting, starting from today. Why fasting? Why fasting? Because one of the ways that prayer becomes powerful is what is called fervency. Everybody say fervency. Fervency. In other when you pray and your whole being is involved and there's no distraction, mm-hmm. the power of the prayer is amplified. Yeah. The power of prayer is amplified. One of the things that amplifies prayer is what? Yeah. Is fasting. Is fasting. In fact, Jesus, you know, said, he said that there are certain things, you know, when the disciples, they could not, um, they could not, uh, in, um, let, let's quickly look at that, and when Mark chapter 9, verse 14, Mark 9, verse 14, you know, from verse 14, for downward, Mark 9, from verse 14, that was, so he came to the disciples and saw a great multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them, immediately, they saw you were greatly amazed and greeted him. And he asked them, what are, you, what are you arguing with them about? And someone from the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him mute. So this, this, son, this son was going through a physical affliction. right? But there was a spirit behind it. And the spirit made him mute. Couldn't talk well. Jacob couldn't talk. Couldn't talk at all, right? And then he said, and listen, I want you all to pay attention. I'm rounding up with this. And he says, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, throws him down, and it forms, and grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. Listen, for a father to be like this, to have this situation, the father must have gone to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Doctors. The father must have tried every other thing. Mm-hmm. Right? In fact, some theologians or whatever might have told the father, you know what, probably live with this and accept it. Accept. Some would have told them, no, you know, the will of God, just manage it and do whatever. Mm-hmm. But look at all this, must, this, you went to Jesus, and then he says, he says, so I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. Okay, so, maybe you have tried in the past to solve it. You've taken it to, to prayer and all that. You can form a theology around it. 
Yes, sir. Mm. You come from a challenge around in our saying, you know. It's God's will. It's God's will. It's not, it doesn't work because he tried everything. It doesn't work. Right. But this father refused to give up. No. At least, look at why he didn't give up. Because there's, there's a statement that, that, that they're going to make now. And I want to make that thing. This is important. He said, and he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you, God? How long am I to bear? How long am I to bear with you? Uh, we lost it. Yes, how long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. Mm-hmm. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed. And he fell to the ground and wallowed foaming at the mouth. So he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. From childhood. Meaning that this, you know, this thing started from when, you know, was a little yeah. baby, a little baby or so, from a child. From childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. You know, that was the purpose of that thing is to destroy a purpose, to destroy, to destroy him. Look at this one. He said, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Look at what Jesus said. He said, it's not a matter of if I can do anything. Right? It's not a matter of if I can, because I can do every, anything. Look at what he said. Look at what Jesus said. He said, if you can believe, all things. Everybody say all things. All things. Everybody say all things. All things. Never let anybody tell you that that certain things cannot be changed. All things. All things. Are possible for those who believe. All things can be changed. All things can be turned around. Immediately the father of the child cried out in prayer, I believe, help my own belief. And when Jesus saw that crowd, saw that, that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Mm. Uh, move up and never enter him again. And after crying, after crying out and convulsing him terribly, he came out and the boy was like a corpse. So that most of them said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him and he arose. And when he had entered the house, this is it. His disciple asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? Mm-hmm. Why could we not? Sometimes there are certain things that you are unable to do mm-hmm. because of your capacity. Mm-hmm. He said, Why? He said, He said to them, This kind cannot be driven up by anything. Click key, you know, fasting. Cannot be. Cannot be what? Cannot be removed but by prayer and fasting. Ever prayer and fasting. There are certain things. There are certain things that until you dedicate time to it and sit around it and pray and fast over it before it will change. You know that's why you see when you when you you see when you you know it's like when you when you listen to like Things here happening here in the West. We're all in the thing. You, know, you guys got you guys, you guys got to get it. Everywhere, even in Bible Bible schools and all that and all that. Everybody knows that the state of Christianity in the United States is not where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not where it used to be. Secularism has has has, has moved in. Yes. A lot of wrong theology has moved in, especially when it comes to the power of God. Yeah. That is why when you hear about miracles, you often you only hear of those big, big miracles who be rising from the dead, either from Africa or from Korea or from South America. 
where those people are so desperate and they don't have all the things that we have in this place. There's no, if you go to the hospital, in some of those places, you take somebody to the hospital, they will tell you uh, there is no oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they will say you have to go and buy oxygen, or you have to go and buy whatever. Why are you going to buy it? So it's dead. One guy told me, one of my, you know, mentee, as a mentee or a friend, you know, he flies a lot. He said, he said, when he used to live in Nigeria, like when I used to fly, fly, I'm like, man, God, only God protects you in this flesh because if there's a crash, you know, sometimes when there's a crash or whatever, sometimes in this place, ambulances and all that, they are there to save as many people as possible. If it happens in Nigeria, even if the crash does not kill you, <laughs> There's no water in the fire truck. There's no water in the fire truck. Wow. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> Why am I saying all this stuff? <laughs> this has led people to, because they have nothing to hang on to, right? If, listen, if you don't have money to build a house in some of those places, you have no bank that is going to give you. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to build a house, you are going to have to believe God for it <laughs> and build it cash. So because they don't have all those things that we depend on in this place, they have to hold on to God. So you see people go on the mountain and pray. You will see people do all kinds of stuff and you start seeing miracles. It's not because those things are not accessible to us. It's because we have alternatives. Fake alternatives. Say my people have committed two evils. He said, one, they are forsaken me. The fountain of living water, and they have healed unto, unto themselves broken systems that cannot hold water. Mm-hmm. It is time we return to the Lord and believe God for the impossible. It is time we believe God for what He said in the Word. Glow Church, let's believe God. Let's believe God to do something amazing on this side of town. Yes. That Amen. people will only say, only God can do this. Yes. Let's forget about all the limitations. Yes. And let's yes. reach out to God. Yes, Lord. For him to do it. Let's, let's reach out for him to save people. Yes. Transform destinies. Yes. Move things that people say cannot be moved. Amen. We'll do it through prayer. Amen. And fasting. Amen. So I welcome you to this season. Thanks for listening to the Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.